The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. <laughs> Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com podcast. Easier said, done. This is, let me just explain it really well. I don't really give a shit about how many yards we had, how close the game was. We didn't win the game. And two years ago, we walked off this field, and I said, we didn't, hear, we didn't come here to cover spreads. We didn't come here to play what at the time was the number one team in the country close. So all these things about, well, you did this, good, and, you, and freshman running back, rushed, it doesn't matter. We didn't win the game. So, you know, maybe some other places that's good, or it's been here good in the past. It ain't good enough. What's up, players? This is the Talk of Champions Franchise Player. Always boss player. Forever. This is the Franchise Player Post Game Show after a really, really good football game. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit, been on Twitter. He's David Johnson at Rebels247. I write for the Old Miss Spirit on three, and he writes for Inside the Rebels 247. Hey, buddy. It was a hell of a football game, Ben. Um, and, you know, it, it's not easy to do right now, but Ole Miss fans should not kick themselves because of this loss to Alabama. It is a sign of and I know where you're going with this podcast, a sign of things that could could happen in Oxford, where this team could go under the direction of Lane Kiffin. I mean, look, Ole Miss just didn't score as many points as Alabama did tonight. That's that's all all it was. They played Alabama's asses off. And you know, nobody wants to hear the, oh, you ought to feel good after a loss. And no, you don't feel good after this loss, particularly when you granted LSU a trip to Atlanta. But it was oh so close. I mean, it ended with Jackson Dart firing into the end zone to give you the win. You watched Quinshawn Judkins look like Herschel Walker out there today like he has all year long. And nobody can say 
Ole Miss hasn't played anybody. I don't feel bad about this. I'm a little angry, but I'm not angry at anybody on the Ole Miss side of the fence. They did a hell of a job. They played their butts off. It was two equally matched teams playing a really good football game. Just body blow after body blow. And no, no one feels good after this loss. Lane Kiffin didn't feel good in his post-game press conference. Came out and said um, how he didn't care about the records because Quinshawn Judkins set the single-season Ole Miss touchdown records for rushing touchdowns with two tonight against Alabama. The only thing he cares about is Ole Miss's 0-1 this week. And we're not going to get on the horse of, oh, yeah, moral victories and all that. But typically when we do these post-game shows – me and David give out some helmet stickers, break down the game with some highlights. We got Kiffin's post game. We'll do Kiffin's post game in just a little bit. But I just want to have a conversation because that was an amazing football game. And my biggest takeaway was Ole Miss is so close to being an elite team. Right there. Had that last Jackson Dart pass been into the hands of Jonathan Mingo and Cruz kicks the PAT. We're talking about Ole Miss being amongst the elite in college football. Um, You know, I don't know what happened on the trip to Baton Rouge. The Rebels were banged up. It wasn't a fair showing of what this team is. Tonight was, I mean, remember what Lane told us last week. This is an Alabama team that was two plays away from being undefeated and probably number one in the nation. You played them to the wire, to the brink. And, and you know, I, I don't want to hear, oh, it's just typical Ole Miss stuff. I don't want to hear that. You know, of all things, and it, it's kind of funny saying this, but from a program standpoint, I feel tonight more comfortable that this was a statement performance than what I did in 14 and 15 when we whooped them. I I don't know how to explain it, but I do. I know the bones of the, the program are healthy and strong, and I can sleep with that. I feel good about that. I feel the same way, and I told you before we started recording here that I was going to talk more about Lane Kiffin than anything else. Because there's things we could nitpick, for sure. Like not kicking a field goal on your opening drive. That could have proved oh. to be the difference. In LSU clinched the SEC West. Those, those dreams are dashed again, and that sucks. That really sucks. But I'm going to rant for a second. Because ever since Lane Kiffin got here, the widely held opinion of everybody was he wouldn't be at Ole Miss for long. But they got through the first offseason when Kiffin wanted Auburn, but Auburn didn't want him. They got through the second offseason, which turned out to be the most bonkers coaching carousel ever. All those high-profile jobs come open, and Kiffin stayed at Ole Miss. Maybe he goes to Auburn in a couple of weeks, which will be the third offseason. Do you really want to go back and reset with Auburn and rebuild with Auburn when you got a team with Jackson Dart and Quinshawn Judkins, two generational foundational players at two key positions, coming back for a team that will be favored to be one or second in the SEC West. For what? To go yeah, be the next the, head coach at Auburn that wins? The game has changed so much. You throw out the 2020 COVID year, Ben, where they went 5-5, five and five, won the Outback Bowl. Hey, it was a good year. 
but but you got to throw that and remove that from the equation. I, I don't know if you rebuild anymore as much as you just reload with the transfer portal now. Lane did it last year at Ole Miss, and he's done it again this year. I mean, the expectations, if he were to go anywhere, would be for him to use that NIL money and reload again um, and do it immediately. The You know, that that's part of the game now. Um, but I get what you're saying. I mean, it can be done here. I, I mean, who'd they honor today? The baseball team for winning the national title. Um, you know, what gets me are all these writers, these local yokel beat writers outside of Oxford who continue to beat the drum of, We've got more money than you. You know, that's the biggest bunch of junk, okay? Listen, everybody in the SEC is rich. No, you can't use TV money and all of those conference revenue shares to to do NIL deals. But don't think for one second Ole Miss is playing second fiddle to anybody. They don't have to. There are tiers. I agree there are tiers. There's Georgia. There's Alabama. You've got LSU and Tennessee that are capable of being in those tiers. Ole Miss is not that far behind. And as far as how much money Auburn can pay a football coach, they're not behind at all. I promise you Ole Miss can pay Lane Kiffin, if it matters, as much as Auburn can, period. And they don't seem to realize that. Well, he's going to come to Auburn. Not necessarily. Not necessarily. And, I mean, we need to let this season play out and see what happens. And, by the way, it's 10 days left in the regular season. Can you believe that? No. 10 days. And December 5th opens up the um, fall transfer window. It does, yeah. Any coaching movement is going to have to come before December 5 for anybody and everybody. Absolutely. Again, that's part of the changed game. I mean, you can't wait until January to hire a coach anymore, period. So, you know, you don't have if, – if you're, if you're on pins and needles about what's going to happen with all of these rumors, you don't have long to wait. You do not have long to wait. I, I will make a prediction. Auburn will name a coach this Saturday following the Iron Bowl. That Saturday, by the time the clock strikes midnight, they'll have a coach there because of exactly what you said, the importance of the transfer portal and the time window. They've got to do it. Well, my whole deal is this. This is what I'm getting at. If Lane Kiffin wants to be truly legendary, truly legendary, because how often do people really get an opportunity to etch their name in a place and be that guy, truly be that guy. When you think of Alabama, you think of Bear Bryant. When you think of Florida, what kind of head coach do you think for Florida football? Yeah, Steve Spurrier. Steve Spurrier. Not the carpetbagger Urban Meyer. You think of Steve Steve Spurrier. Spurrier. Yeah. So you could go be Urban Meyer for Auburn. You go win big, be the next coach that wins big at Auburn. But if you stay with what Ole Miss has coming back, the Sugar Bowl is the floor next year. And you could become a legend if you take Ole Miss to where you possibly could next year. And I'm talking about a national championship. 
with the foundational pieces that you have. You win a national title at Ole Miss, you won't just be one of the coaches like you would at Auburn or wherever that's brought back to be honored at midfield like the baseball team was today. But you got, you know, legend number one and legend number two to your left and right. You won't be just one of those coaches in a crowd. You'll be the coach. You'll be the one. You can name past Alabama and Auburn legendary coaches. Most every non-Ole Miss college football fan would be hard-pressed to name Ole Miss's most successful head coach ever. They wouldn't know. We can all say Johnny Vault, but if you ask the common college football fan, hey, who's the greatest Ole Miss head coach in football history? Uh, Lane Kiffin? Hugh Freeze? They know Lane Kiffin. And if you finish this, if you pull off what was once thought unthinkable to everyone but Ole Miss people, the most hopeful of Ole Miss people, you can do whatever you want in the years after Ole Miss, after you're done, whenever that is, the next year, the year after that. Because Ole Miss fans won't care. They'll celebrate and thank you as the head coach wherever you are. Alabama, the Los Angeles Chargers, pick a place. Like Cleveland did when LeBron came back, won a title. They don't care that he's a Laker now. And he was public enemy number one after he left for Miami. What's more legendary? Becoming the next Auburn head coach to win a title or becoming the only Ole Miss head coach to win one for most everybody in the world? I know Johnny Vaughton, we won you know, titles in the 60s. But you get what I'm getting at. You would be that guy. That's a bigger legacy than anything you could do at Auburn. Because you're on the precipice. This game proved it to me. This is the best game they played, most complete game they played all year. It sucks that they lost. It sucks that, yet again, they're not going to Atlanta. But I've never been more encouraged. I'm like you. No, I agree. And I'm looking at our message board right now, and there, there are some fans on there that are, that are beating the Rebels over the head. Stop it. Just don't do that. You didn't watch the same game I watched today. I mean, this was a high watermark in Ole Miss football in the modern era. The way they played. Because it felt like they they were on even footing as Alabama. It wasn't David slaying Goliath. It felt like two heavyweights going at it. When has that ever felt like the case against Alabama with Ole Miss? Ole Miss doesn't beat Alabama. They've won seven straight. Okay, that happens. The older I get, the more I realize there are just some things I don't know. Balancing a budget, for example. I'm not a financial whiz. Sure, I know batting averages, passing and rushing yards, three-point shooting percentage. But intentionally putting away money for retirement? That's where my friends at NerdWallet Smart Money Podcast come in. NerdWallet's trusted financial journalists use fact-based reporting for some much-needed clarity in the financial world, helping you make smarter decisions with your money. The nerds have helped me get smarter about things like planning my tax bills so I don't dread April every single year. Actually, I was one of the first in line this time around. Saving on travel so that I can take my girls on trips. Because spending less on airfare means more money for an extra night and maybe a fancy dinner too. So enjoy the things you love, the Ole Miss Rebels, your family, your friends, knowing that your financial situation is taken care of with advice that you followed from NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app today. Trust me, future you will thank you. But where Ole Miss is and what it has in place, led by Lane Kiffin, I have never felt more encouraged in believing no, that this program no. can take another step, take the next step. This was a bone test today. And, and again, I'm telling you, and I was covering this team in 14. I was covering this team in 15. The bones are more solid today than those two teams. 
that beat Alabama. I was right there with you. I was doing it too. This team's got like the bones. I like them better. Absolutely. The program's bones are better. And, and that's, that's what I get out of this. And the fact that they can still win 10 games in the regular season, that they can even win 11 games this year. You win the bowl game, you can go 11 and two. You've got two very winnable games remaining. That trip up the hill in Fayetteville, late November, it's going to be cold. Lord knows what to expect out of Arkansas. I mean, you know, will K.J. Jefferson play? We don't know. He didn't play today. Um, but it's a winnable game. The Egg Bowl, winnable. And you know what, Ole Miss fans? The crowd for the Egg Bowl, because this is your home field send-off for this great football team should be equal to what it was today. I truly believe that. I know it's Thanksgiving night. There shouldn't be any holes anywhere in the vault at all. I mean, this is a a team that deserved your embrace. Even if it sucks, we lost on the scoreboard today. I guarantee you one thing, all of those big-time recruits in the stands tonight they know what they watched. And, and, and you know what? They're seeing Ole Miss as the program on the rise. And Ole Miss did nothing to damage that today. And that's only going to make you better for next year and the year after and the year after. I mean, today was recruit palooza. I mean, you know, you had four or five four-star quarterbacks up in there. Running backs, D linemen, O line, you name it. They were there today. They were here because of the work Lane Kiffin has done with this program, and they will be back. They will be back because of the work they did on the field today. They they proved their salt versus Alabama. Up seventeen to three on LSU, seventeen to seven on Alabama. They're so close. They're so close. If Lane Kiffin would stay and finish this, man, become legendary. Don't become the next guy at the at the place that always wins. Because Ole Miss, you, you've become something far. I mean, Juice was on the Walk of Champions with them again tonight. He is the unofficial official mascot for Ole Miss now. Yes. Yeah, I keep playing, waiting for us to play a game with Juice on the side of the helmet, at least on one side. Yeah. Fans would love it. Yeah, they'd eat it up. And I've never seen such a response as far as former players' engagement with the program. That was something that was lacking definitely in the early 2000s and on into the 2010s, and Hugh Freeze did better with it. But the way that former players are more engaged with this program consistently, not just publicizing Ole Miss on their social media or whatever it might be, but showing up at games. How many times do you see Patrick Matt Willis? Corral back yeah. in the house today. Yeah, Matt Corral, Cody um, Core. Uh, Dante Moncrief. They're all there. This is a different environment, Everybody a different feel. Everybody loves a winner. Yeah. Everybody loves a winner, and we have a winner here now. That's the bottom line. And, um, yeah, you know, getting back to the game. The refs you know, sucked. They blew calls on both <sighs> sides, to be Horrible. honest with you. They did on both sides. Um, you know, and I'm sure – officiating is as it's always been. But now with television and the replays and everything, it's more evident. 
Fortunately, they called that game-turning face mask because Jackson Dart nearly got his head ripped off. That was scary looking. I actually thought I saw his head coming off with the long blonde hair. That was was a little scary. It reminded me of somebody grabbed Ken Anderson's helmet a long time ago when he was quarterbacking for the Cincinnati Bengals, and it looked like his head come off. That was a gruesome face mask. Terrible. The worst one I've ever seen. Worst one I've ever seen. Look, Bryce Young is good. Quinshawn Judkins is an absolute stud. Lane Kiffin had almost prepared to play the best game of the year defensively, I think. There were some problems with drop eight again and only rushing three, but they were bringing more and more often, and they got Bryce Young off the spot. He's just a really good player. He made some next-level throws. I'll be honest with you. I came in thinking Bryce Young wasn't that, and yet – I, I'm impressed, man. I mean, he's far you know, and away better than Will Levis. Will Levis lost to Vanderbilt today. And I know one game it yeah. and everything, but holy cow. Well, you know, you know, Bryce Young is so cool and calm in his demeanor. And 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 I gotta tell you too, and I've watched him closely for the last two weeks. I think something is wrong with him. I don't know what it is. Banged up. He's yeah, and he's still competing and all that. And that's the other thing. Look, it's late in the year, and, and this goes for, for both sides. Man, these kids are so beat up and bruised up. I mean, you know, it, it's easy to sit back and criticize a guy for missing a block or something, but, you know, I promise you, they're beaten to a pulp at this point of the year. They truly are. Mm-hmm. And um, they don't want to miss those blocks. It's November, and they've been crushing each other and crushing other people since – well, hell, April, it's been a long time, and they only got two games left. Bryce Young was impressive. He was just incredibly impressive the way he navigated the pocket. And I think what most impressed me about it is he's elevating Alabama right now. They're solid. They're, they're really solid. For most everybody else, it's, a, it's the best team they put on the field in, you know, five, ten years. But for Alabama standards, yeah. this is not the same Alabama. It's just not. They do not have the perimeter explosiveness believe. that they've had, and Bryce Young – continues to pull them through. It's because of him, I and he's banged up. How bad Alabama looked in the first quarter. Oh, and, and it even carried into the second quarter. I mean, they looked poorly coached. They looked poorly everything. Um, but, um, you know, it is what it is. And I hate to say it like that, but I don't feel bad about this loss. I, I, you know, and I picked Alabama to win this game. Me too. And I didn't want to. You and I talked about that. I really didn't want to. But, you know, I did. And, um, but I don't feel bad about the loss. I don't feel bad about it at all. I really and truly don't. Congratulations to LSU. Now, Ole Miss needs to focus on winning these next two, go into the best bowl game possible. And, Dan, I really haven't looked at, all the action today in terms of who won and lost, but you know, Tennessee's likely going to finish 11 and one and not get into the playoffs. So where does Ole Miss go bowling? Cap one. So ahead right now of Ole Miss is obviously Georgia, LSU, Alabama, and Tennessee. So Ole Miss would probably be the, the number five team most likely. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think without a doubt they'd be the number five team. So you think you think the cap won? Georgia's in the playoff. Georgia's in the playoff. 
I don't think LSU can get there this year with two losses. No. Even if they were to beat Georgia, Georgia's still in the playoffs. They're going to the Sugar Bowl. Tennessee's going to the Cotton Bowl. Alabama would go to the Cap 1, and Ole Miss would go to, well, no? Reliaquest, maybe? <sighs> I don't know. This is from Brad Logan, your coworker at the uh, at Inside the Rebels 247. When asked how this program can get better and grow from a game like this, Lane Kiffin said, make one play. Well, that's okay. That's in the mind of a coach in the heat of just losing a game. And in a coach's mind, you make the next play. You make one play. I mean, I think if Lane had a little time to give some retrospect to that, he might give it a little bit of a deeper answer. But uh, I'll take up for him on that one. Well, here's everything Lane Kiffin said after Ole Miss's 30-24 loss to Alabama. All right, so, you know, really disappointing finish, um, you know, to that game, to your home winning streak on the line and um, playing Alabama and ball in our hands to win. So, you know, we didn't do it. Um, you know, watch two other teams do it this year and – Tennessee and LSU and finish right at the end when you have a chance to do it. So, um, you know, commend those guys. Those guys got a great team. And when you have the Heisman Trophy winner and, you know, I said it all week, so I ain't making it up now. The guy puts his cape on and, you know, takes over when no one else is making plays around him. So, did a great job like Bryce does. And, um, you know, we didn't finish. So, really a shame, really waste of a lot of things. Lane, can you just kind of take us through that last offensive drive? Yeah, you know, it went really fast. It just seemed like the whole thing went fast, obviously. And, you know, in a two-minute situation, just knew we had issues with their rushers. And for whatever reason, they were only playing one of them at a time early in the first half. And so we were able to know where one of them one of them was, and then when they both go in, um, you know, it comes a different game. So, tried to pop some runs in there, which were effective, and then, um, you know, stalled down, down there at the end. Tried to go back to a fade to Malik, who, you know, he really dominated that matchup the entire day over there, and, um, you know, and then, you know, didn't make plays at the end. So, as always, we can make plays and we can call better plays. So, We've talked about this kind of throughout the season, Lane, but the second half offense, you haven't been able to score the way you have been in the first half pretty much consistently all season. Do you have any idea at this point in the year why you think that is? Um, yeah, I think that's a fair assessment. I don't think it's been the whole season. It wasn't um, the last game, you know, at A&M. Um, we had a really good third quarter. Um, you know, I do think people get used to the speed, like I've said before, and so a lot of times we, you know, it works better early. It's kind of been the case a lot of times. Now, the game was a strange game in the third quarter because you look up and we have one series. Um, you know, I think we had one series maybe for 14 minutes or something like that, um, you know, and actually scored on it, scored a touchdown. So, uh, and then we had back-to-back three and outs. So I think offhand, you know, until they're at the end, there's only three series there for, what, a quarter and a half. I think you held Alabama to, I think, 22 yards in the first quarter. And just in the first half in general, what do you feel like was kind of working defensively? 
uh, I thought our guys did a really good job and um, you know they were one dimensional they had you know no ability to run the ball and um, at times didn't care to so and you know I get it they got Bryce and um, he makes you end up throwing the ball a lot so I thought our defense did a really good job um, early and late in the middle not as great but um, plenty good enough to win uh, you know when you play that team uh, especially at home well, we got to score more points just curious what you told the team after the game and, and how, how do you keep heads held high after such a disappointing loss like you said I mean it is what it is it's just a shame um, unfortunately it's going to be one of those games I didn't say this to them but it is it's going to be one of those games you remember your whole life that it was right Lane, um, Lane. Was, oh, I'm sorry. That it was right there, you know, with a chance to win. So, um, and to me, you'd always rather have the ball than be playing defense against Bryce. So, you know, to have the ball in our hands, chance to win. I actually, you know, <clears throat> not that it mattered in the play calling and what was going on, but, um, you know, as we were driving down there, I would have taken the score, don't get me wrong. But it was almost like as we took a little more time in the red zone, I was saying, okay, this is good. We obviously still want to score because um, I really didn't feel like handing him the ball back with you know a minute left. Looked like defensively you guys chose to attack Bryce more in the first half than you did last year. Was Is that so? And, and what did you think of that, uh, that strategy? I mean, there's, you know, you can look at the – analytics of it, three-man rush and first Bryce, um, you know, his completion percentage off the charts against it. So he, he's just, you know, and the guy's won the Heisman Trophy. He's a great player and gives you problems because he's a elite thrower, but then the first guy rarely gets him down and he extends plays. And like I said, one, you know, once he's not in rhythm where he sets his feet and then he moves off the target, you're probably in trouble. You don't have a very good feeling because something's going to go wrong because he's going to find a way to make a play somehow unless somebody drops the ball, basically. So um, he's special. Lane in the back, the um, how critical is that fumble at, at the end of the first half or, you know, it turns into a touchdown and the momentum kind of swings going into halftime? Yeah, and there's really a 10-point swing there and they start the um, third quarter with a field goal. So, yeah, that was, you know, obviously discouraging and is what it is. And Zach took a big hit, and unfortunately, the ball came out. He actually, as you can figure out, ended up with a concussion there and didn't return um, on the play. So, really good play by them, and obviously, a big, big deal to hand seven points away right there. Lane, uh, kind of looking back on that, on that uh, final drive, Quinshawn had the the fourteen yard run to get that next first down, and then. He wasn't kind of involved in those next couple of plays. Looking back, do you kind of wish that you had him involved there a little bit more? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot that goes into it with a little time to think. Um, and I think that's very, very fair. And I always want to do something different if it didn't work. But he was also really tired. And as you guys know with us, you're going to sub. Um, you're going to allow them to take forever and sub and basically give them a timeout and take him out of the game. And um, Zach was already out of the game. Um, with concussion, so um, yeah, I wish we would have stayed with that, but also that's a normal situation where we would have got him out because he was so tired. Um, you know, and you also don't 
you can't predict everything. They played coverage, and a lot of times after those explosive runs, you know, as you get in the red zone, they'll come after you, and um, and they didn't. So, you know, that head coach and defensive coordinator make a lot of money for a reason. They're really good. So, Lane, I don't know if you can think big picture in a moment like this, but I mean, you're one touchdown away from beating Alabama. Your program's eight and two. How does this program, I guess, take that that next step and, and keep ascending? Make one more play. I mean, it ain't some magic formula of, you know, we got to go change all these things or do all these things different, you know. Um, games come down to one possession, one play games like that, and um, one side makes the plays and finds a way to win. And those guys have been in um, a number of them this year, you know. Texas hasn't like that. and corner comes free and Bryce makes a miss so you know I don't know you don't change your whole program when you're sitting at eight and two and just lost your first home game in two years do you have any positive takeaways from a game like this I mean not right now um, you know I'm sure there'd be people out there would say well you know you played Alabama and down to one play and all that stuff but um, and these usually get worse by the hour, you know, because it sinks in more and more everything that was at stake there and how hard you work all off season during a week of preparation, all that stuff. And um, one play losses are always the hardest. Lane, I, I noticed right when the game ended, um, usually I've, I've noticed coaches go up to the other head coach to, you know, shake hands. But I saw you walked right up to Bryce first and you whispered something in his ear. You had a little moment with him. Uh, uh, what did you say to him? Yeah, I probably shouldn't share what I said to him. Um, he's an unbelievable player. Put the put the team on his back again, like he does. Um, so, you know, whatever team's going to get a great player next year, won't have to play him anymore. I guess even in defeat, Judd can still rush for 135 yards against one of the better rush defenses in the country. I mean, just kind of assess just what you saw through him just throughout 60 minutes. Yeah, I don't know, guys, you know, this is, let me just explain it really well. I don't really give a shit about how many yards we had, how close the game was. We didn't win the game. And two years ago, we walked off this field and I said, we didn't, hear, we didn't come here to cover spreads. We didn't come here to play what at the time was the number one team in the country close. So all these things about, well, you did this good and, you, and freshman running back, rushed, it doesn't matter. We didn't win the game. So, you know, maybe some other places that's good or it's been here good in the past. It ain't good enough. We came here to win, to beat Alabama. We didn't do it. So we're 0-1 um, today. Ole Miss couldn't pull it off against Alabama on Saturday night, 30-24. to Suffers its second loss both overall and in the SEC. David, next comes a trip to Fayetteville. Then the in-state rival Mississippi State Bulldogs roll in Thanksgiving night for the Egg Bowl. What's next now that Ole Miss has suffered two losses and the SEC West hopes are dashed? Well, everybody comes in tomorrow for training and all, all of that good stuff and work all the kinks out. You know, it, it's it's every day this week preparing for Arkansas. I don't think, you know, and I, and I read some message board comments, oh, they'll prepare for state a little bit. Eh, maybe, maybe, maybe a thing or two, but not much. This is Arkansas week. And the uh, only way you go 1-0 is by focusing on that opponent. So that means Mississippi State 
it's going to be compacted in. I mean, you're, you're talking a Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday's walkthrough, and you line it up Thanksgiving night. So, you know, but but that's the way it is every time, every every year this time. Um, you know, I, I for one wish they didn't play that game on Thanksgiving night. Um, Same. I, I, I think it always puts a team to disadvantage. While Mississippi State will be playing, I think, East Tennessee State Saturday night, Ole Miss is far from home, up on a mountain in Fayetteville playing the Arkansas Razorbacks. Um, then they've got to travel home. It just cuts down on your preparation time. They don't definitely get Ole Miss work in this week. I just don't know if Ole Miss can get much state work in. You just can't look past Arkansas because Arkansas can beat you. We all know that. And it's going to be a, um, it's going to be a challenge next Saturday night. Before the year, I picked Ole Miss to go nine and three. Their own pace. I'll pick them ten and two. Yeah, their own pace to go ten and two. They're ahead of where I thought they'd be. I mean, I get why people are frustrated right now with some play calling stuff. I do. I get it. But that was a really good football game with two evenly matched football teams. And I, for one, at thirty six years young, don't remember too often Ole Miss going against Alabama, going toe to toe and looking like an equal, if not better, team. It sucks to lose. Sometimes you just lose. But this is not the same Ole Miss today. And if Lane Kiffin stays, it would be legendary. I I still remember, I think it was 1988 and Sean Sykes scoring the touchdown to beat Alabama in Tuscaloosa on the day they dedicated the Bear Bryant Museum. Um, And, I mean, that one stuck out because at the time, Ole Miss just didn't beat Alabama. Not in my lifetime. And it's oh so close to happening, I think, on a more regular basis now. Not because, and Alabama has slipped some this year. There's no denying that. But not because they slipped as a program. Right. But because Ole Miss has risen as a program. And I got to tell you, Ben, right now, if this same Ole Miss team shows up Saturday night in Fayetteville and Thanksgiving night in Oxford, they're going to finish 10-2. and two. And I think they're going to beat the hell out of the Razorbacks and the Bulldogs. I really do. He's David Johnson of Inside the Rebels 247. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben. I write for the Ole Miss Spirit on three. This has been another edition of the Franchise Player Post Game Show. We'll be back on Monday with an overreaction Monday edition of Franchise Player. Thank you, my friend. I'll talk to you then. All right, Ben. Howdy, Toddy. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.